so you can grow yourself and grow your marriage. This is the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. I had to do a little bit of an intro today because Jana is not here. Guys, I actually did a solo interview with my friend Andy Hill. Andy is an award-winning personal finance podcaster. He's a writer. He's a speaker. And his podcast is actually Marriage, Kids, and Money. And we talk a lot about marriage, kids, and money uh, and why those three things are important in that order for Andy. He has a lot of the same principles me and Jonna have on the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. He has a ton of content on his podcast as well as tons of resources on his website, marriagekidsandmoney.com. A real raw conversation. We talked about true wealth. We talked about, hey, does money make me happy? Uh, the ups, the downs of him and his wife paying off their mortgage in five years. And just an incredibly awesome dude. And so I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Without further ado, Andy Hill. Andy Hill, welcome to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast, man. Thanks so much, Chris. I appreciate it. Yeah, dude. So uh, we were we were talking just a second ago. I know I know your wife Nicole couldn't make it on the show today, and neither can Jonna. Uh, and I don't know about you, man, but Jonna usually bails me out whenever I say something crazy uh, or <laughs> or stupid. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, unfortunately for... I'll have to fill in today then, huh? (laughs) Hey, hey, perfect, perfect. There you go. (laughs) There you go, man. So, Andy, you and and your wife have a podcast called Marriage, Kids, and Money. Uh, And gosh, man, we have... uh, We've had a chance to to scour your show and and just see the tremendous value you guys bring uh, to the table. And so... I'll say first off, a lot of our listeners know I am uh, I'm not very good at small talk, man. I like to get into the meat and bones of things. So, uh, first and foremost, I think I think it'd be super important if we just kind of go straight in and dive into your backstory and and why you guys started the podcast. Yeah, sure. So, in 2016, I was having a really bad day at work and it was one of those days where I had my position. I kind of enjoyed it. And then new management came in and said, hey, you're not doing that position anymore. You're not managing those people anymore. You're doing this job. And it was just one of those epiphany moments for me where I was like, I don't really have any control of my destiny as an employee here. Um, and that and that's that, that was a, sort of an epiphany for me. But it was also one of those moments where it's like, I need something outside of my job. I need something outside of parenthood to my infant kids for me. I need something that kind of sort of an outlet, you know, and that's, that's when I said, okay, well, I've been listening to podcasts for a while and why don't I, why don't I start one? Because I think, yeah, you know, everybody's starting a podcast. It's fun, right? Right. So I decided to to start a podcast on a whim and in 2016 is just sort of a hobby, uh, an outlet. And it became one of those things where I loved it immediately. I was able to connect with people that I respected. I was able to learn from people and also able to share a little bit of our story and help people along the way. So that was 2016. So fast forward a couple of years later, I figured out how to make a little bit of money from it. I figured out, yeah, hey, this is a decent side hustle. This will be fun. And I'm also getting to do things I'm excited about. And then fast forward to January of 2020, we had saved up enough money for a runway for me to give it 
a full go. So my wife encouraged me and said, hey, why don't you just do this? We've been saving up for to get a rental property. Why don't you just, why don't we forget the rental property thing and try to give your business full full time go? And that's what we did in January of 2020, right before COVID. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, gosh, dude. That is, hey, I mean, I can definitely resonate with, uh, with, with, Right now, actually, kind of, kind of feeling like being in that place. I was an entrepreneur for seven years, uh, and to be honest with you, COVID exposed me, uh, and and here I am now as an employee. Uh, but I, I am finding purpose and enjoying, enjoying what I'm doing. But, uh, but yeah, man, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people can relate, can relate with that. So, I'm curious to know what, what line of work were you in? I was in uh, corporate event marketing. So I did that for about 15 years. That's essentially, you know, any any big business out there, Fortune 500 company, they're going to have to hold a conference or a trade show or a big meeting. We would do things like that. So I did that for about 15 years. And honestly, it was a fine job. I was paid well. My benefits were fantastic. I had just done it for too long and I was just ready for a change. And I guess, I guess being a podcaster in your basement was my change. So. <laughs> Dude, I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it, man. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I don't know about you, but whenever, whenever someone kind of asks, um, the difficulty of podcasting, I think everybody thinks you just kind of hit record and start talking into a mic, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of that. I mean, right? I'm, I'm like one of those planners like to a fault that yes. I plan things yes. out way in advance and I've right. got schedules of who's I'm going to be talking to for the next couple of months and what my questions are. But I think there is sort of a, a value in, you know, off the cuff conversation. And I, I think yeah. that when Nicole joined me on the show a couple months ago, she, she she and I made our segment just just specifically about that. Just let's just get on and have a gra- glass of wine and talk. Mm-hmm. And I know you you and John are all about that as well. So I think there's a combination oh, yeah. of the two that can be that can make it fun. Yes, yes, definitely, man. Well, I I think we we at least realized pretty quickly this is a little more than just turning on turning on a mic and 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 talking into it uh, because because there's no shortage of content out there. And actually that. That kind of segues me perfectly into into what you guys do, and and so ultimately, man, I mean, look, marriage, kids, and money those are those are massive pieces of the puzzle of of what we would call happiness, right? And so, dude, what what's the vision? Let's just put it this way: what what was the vision uh, going into this when you're like, hey, we're we're gonna go full time and help people? Yeah, you know, the 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 vision originally when I said, hey, this is gonna be a fun hobby was I wanna help people strengthen their marriage, you know, have a great relationship with their kids and build wealth and give their family a great tomorrow. And so with that, we've been sharing our journey to do all those nice, nice things. And then we've also been bringing people on the show that will talk about how people can do that as well. And throughout the whole process, we've gotten a lot more people to listen. We're approaching a million downloads next month, which is pretty exciting wow. uh, for a you know a four year old show. And it's been really fun to have an impact and 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 help people. You know, my, I, my favorite thing outside of downloads and you know dollars or things like that are when I get notes from people saying, "Hey, you really helped me with this situation. You really helped me to get to this financial goal, or you really helped me figure this thing out with my spouse." That has been the most beneficial thing that has been a part of this journey. And I save all those notes. I put a little Google Drive folder. So awesome. when I'm having a really not great day, I like to look at those and it helps me to keep moving forward knowing the the work that I'm doing is helping. Yeah, man. Dude, I love that, man. That's awesome. That's that's super cool. It's something that I know uh, is a big piece of, of you and your wife's story is 
you guys talk about living mortgage free. Let's uh, let's unpack that a little bit. Yeah. So in well, let's see when we, when we got together. I was living in my bachelor pad and I liked my bachelor pad. It was pretty cool, you know, and then my wife moved in and she goes, "Eh, this is kind of a bachelor pad, buddy. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) well, you know, we could do some things to spruce it up a little bit. So, okay. So we did some stuff because she's got a good design eye. And then after a couple of years of sprucing it up, she's still like, this is still a bachelor pad. Let's, let's get another place. And so, okay. All right. Well, let's look for another place. We were on our way to having our second child at that time. And I'm like, fine, let's look for a place. And then we found a really great place. I completely agreed. I love it. But the mortgage was going to be pretty much uh, the the home value was twice the value of what I was living in before. And I was I was already having some trouble with my payments and mortgage and things like that from the previous 10 years. So I'm like, I don't want to get a bigger mortgage and a bigger house. That just feels like pain in my heart. And I got to keep working at this job that I really don't like in order to pay a mortgage for a home that's going to make me feel stressed. So what I said to her is, let's get the house, but let's pay it off in five years. So that was kind of aggressive because I didn't really want to get the house, um, but I did want to have that mortgage-free life or just stay in my bachelor pad. So begrudgingly, she said, yes, sounds sounds good. Let's get the house and let's figure out a way to pay it off in five years. So what we did was essentially lived on half of our income. We had, during that time period of when we paid off the mortgage, we were making around like $170,000 combined. So we were making good money, which helped out a lot. But we said, hey, let's live on half of that and throw the other half towards, yes, investing for retirement as well as paying off our mortgage. So for the next four years, we met every month uh, for our budget party and we would review the numbers and make sure we're uh, progressing towards our goals and we would sell some stuff around the house. We would figure out ways to make more money at my job. And we'd also figure out ways to decrease our expenses, but not kill our fun, you know, not kill the joy. So right. by meeting each month and doing that, we were able to pay off the mortgage in just less than four years. So we are now mortgage-free. Dude, that's incredible. So I know I know you and your wife have, have two kids now. Uh, were you guys parents when you paid off your mortgage or was this pre-kids? Yeah, so we paid off the mortgage in 2017. So that was about four years ago. Zoe was, she was five and Calvin was three. So we paid Mm -hmm. it off when they were in our lives. They came to the bank with us and we got the check and we wired the money over and we took a picture and we did some fun stuff with the kids when we paid it off. We had them run through a, a, a wall of paper, all of the mortgage papers, like like the homecoming game, you run through the run through the papers. So we had the kids do that, roasted some marshmallows and burn the papers and uh, we, we made a mortgage pinata. So we took all the mortgage papers and made a pinata out of it and filled it with candy and coins and things. And the kids got to whack it. So it was like a moment that they can look back on and being like, oh, yeah, I remember when we paid off the mortgage. And, and my daughter brings it up all the time uh, when we're like reading stories or, you know, uh, talking about money books and things like that. So it's, it's something that that is going to stay with her, I hope. And then in the future, when she gets older, she's gonna be like, oh, I want to I do what my parents did. I think that'd be cool to pay off your mortgage. So Yes, man. That is, dude, that's a powerful story. That's, that's incredible. So I'm curious to know where, whereabouts in the country did you guys live or do you guys live now? I mean, you said you guys brought in around 170K when you paid off your mortgage, which, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty significant income depending on where you live. Yeah. So we live in the Metro Detroit area. So we are maybe where we live now is maybe 30 minutes north of the city. And where we lived in my bachelor pad was maybe 10 minutes north of the city. So we are, yeah, we're generally Metro Detroit area, a little, a little gotcha. cold right now here in January. Right? But it's all good, man. It's all good. Yes. <laughs> hey, I, are you a uh, Michigan fan by chance? 
I went to Michigan State. I am not oh, really too Michigan big into the. State. I'm not. I'm not too big into the rivalry, though. If my kids get into Michigan, no I, I'm gonna. I'll probably be a Wolverine fan as well. So, <laughs> there, there you go, man. I'm. I'm actually an, an Ohio Michigan fan, which is oh, kind of weird. Okay, I'm from yeah. Ohio, but I've always loved Michigan, and people always uh, hate on me for that. But oh, it's yeah. a great school. Oh, I love Ann Arbor. Michigan State, fantastic city. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's cool. So pretty, pretty similar uh, as far as. As far as economically, what happens here in Ohio? So yeah, one seventies, one seventies, pretty solid. So, so for somebody who is like, wow, how amazing it would be to have my mortgage paid off. Uh, you, you and your wife, like you said, you were in a position where your kids were. You said five and three, right? Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. And you guys made a big event out of it. I'm curious to know was was this something where where you guys really had to sacrifice a heck of a lot? Because you told me, look we wanted to do this without sacrificing too much fun because our kids were young. What's the balance? How, how, how do we navigate that? Yeah. So when we got married, we had a goal of paying off the debt that we had too. So I had some student loans. She had a car loan. So right in the beginning, I was super geeked about it. I'm like, let's get rid of this debt. If we have no debt, that'll help us to advance our wealth and all that. And she was like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, man. That sounds like you want me to spend less money and have less fun. And so I was like, no, 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 it's a good thing. You you get rid of your debt and you build your net worth and all these, I'm talking all these numbers and she's like, not hearing it. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, what am I doing wrong? And then I thought about it and I'm like, well, I got to think about what she cares about, what her, what her goals are, what are her motivations. And so when I thought about it, she had been talking about maybe not working at her job when the kids come around so that she can go part-time and eventually full-time stay-at-home mom. And so I'm like, all right, that's it. That's our that's our middle ground. I can get this debt-free life. She can be able to stay at home with the kids and be happy about it. So I approached her in that format, and she was more you know, uh, open to it. Uh, so we had some conversations about, hey, we just got married, and I was making, whatever, call it like $70,000. She was making like uh, $70,000, something like that. What if we just pretended that we only had the incomes that we had when we came to the marriage? So we're just going to live on one of those. And that's what we did what, right away in order to pay off that 50000 of debt. We did that in one year. And then that sort of became our lifestyle after that. It's like, well, let's keep doing that and then see what other cool stuff we can do. So we saved up a bunch of money to, for the down payment of our new home. We then paid off our mortgage in four years. And then after that, we found a way for us to save a boatload of money for me to move on to a career that I actually like. So it's, it's these things mm. that when you don't spend all of your money, that you can reach out for those dreams that you're always like, wouldn't it be cool if you can do them? And yes, we made we made really good money over that. So call it this ten year time period we've been married. We made close to two hundred thousand dollars. That's a lot of money per year. Uh, but even if you cut that in half and say, hey, the time frame's a bit longer, that's okay. Like you don't need to do it all. You don't need to pay your mortgage off in five years. You can pay it off in ten years, fifteen years, whatever. That's still pretty cool so because oh, sure. most people have their mortgages for the rest of their lives so if if the income thing kind of throws people off like well I, I don't make that much or whatever just make the time frame longer and it can be done i, I have a friend who uh, paid off her mortgage i think in about 10 years and her and her husband didn't make more than fifty thousand uh, dollars in that time frame yes they live in the south maybe a little bit you know the expenses aren't as much but it's doable it's doable in all these different formats um it's just you know, finding finding a way that works for you and your family. Yeah, and I think you said something really important there. 
you talked about how you went to your wife and you met her desires with this vision instead of it being something where you're like, hey, this is a numbers game. This is what we're trying to accomplish. Because I can remember very specifically me and Jonna were, well, I'll say I was I was a big fan of Dave Ramsey and I, I, was, I was listening and following a lot of his stuff. And I remember being like, hey, I think we should move into your parents' basement and and we <laughs> yeah. should and we should just live off of, you know, beans and rice as he says and it was right when we got married and I think it was I think it was a little ambitious. She was definitely not about that. Um especially just kind of the way she she grew up. Money money wasn't talked about much uh nor nor was it really something that she she was interested in talking about. And so I think if I would have come to her with something like that to say, "Hey, babe, you know, if your goal is X, if you're like, I want to be a stay-at-home mom, I want to raise my kids and not have them in daycare and stuff, that probably would have changed some things, man. So I think that's a, I think that's a great point. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I mean, it's, it is, it's something that I've learned through trial and error. Man, did I mess up a million times. I, I mean, when I, when I try to button it up in a two-minute story, it sounds like, wow, that's cool. Uh, oh, I messed <laughs> up so many times. I messed up so many times. And we've gotten lots of fights uh, based on our differences. We do have differences in philosophies about finances. We have differences in parenting. But what we try to do is try to find that middle ground of, okay, what can we agree on? What can we move forward together? It might not be all the stuff that I want, and it might not be all the stuff that she wants. But hey, at least we can move forward and be happy together, uh, you know, rolling rolling down the hill together. So uh, when, when, you, yeah, when you put it in a quick story, it sounds uh, rosy and right. happy, but uh, there was, there's lots of trouble in, in, the, in the middle. <laughs> Oh sure. Oh no, definitely, man. That makes that makes perfect sense. You know, I I would wonder this. So, do you think this type of a sacrifice or commitment to living mortgage free is for everybody, or do you think it's do you think it's situational uh, based on based on where people are in their lives? I would completely agree that it is unique to everybody's situation. Uh, buttoning everything up and saying this is right for everyone, I think is dangerous, honestly. I think uh, the mortgage-free idea, uh, it, it spawned from me and my, my wife now appreciates the, the benefits of it. But if, if I didn't have such a traumatic experience with my first homeownership experience, I'm not sure I would have been as geeked about it. But for me, the emotional payoff of never having a payment ever again was so great that I could not ignore it. But yeah, I mean, keeping a mortgage right now with interest rates at like two or 3% is it's totally fine. You know, there's, there's right. nothing wrong with having a mortgage. Actually, mathematically, it, right now, it seems to make a lot more sense to keep a low interest mortgage and invest in the stock market. Obviously, lots of things could change with the market. Uh, but I, the emotional payoff for me was something you couldn't put into a calculator. So I think people have to decide what is best for them, their family, and obviously with their spouse in mind to making sure everybody's on the same page. Does this make sense for us? Does the sacrifice make sense for us? Does the payoff make sense for us? So having a lot of those conversations internally as a family and then deciding how to move forward, obviously there's a ton of reasons not to do it and there's a ton of reasons to do it. So you just have to find which works for you. Yeah, man. I think that's, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, uh, I, Remember, oh geez, was it maybe five or six episodes ago that we had we had a lady on and she and she was talking about how important it was for us to communicate our financial situation with our kids uh, and explain to them the value of money and show them, look, things things aren't free and and here's why we can't make this decision because of because of X and here here's the way things work. So, would would you agree with that sentiment? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we've been talking about money with our kids since they were very little. And, uh, you know, I've, I've heard statistics that kids money ideas about ideas around money are set by the time they're seven, which is crazy. You know, that's super early, but all the things that you show them, all the things that you teach them, all the actions that you demonstrate as a parent uh, until they're seven uh, define it. And so, yeah, we've, we've been doing a lot of things with, with our kids. We do a chore and reward system at the house. So they do some chores at the house. We give them some money uh, for their hard work. So we're correlating hard work with reward and we make it so they're actually helpful stuff. Like my daughter uh, today, her chore is to uh, fill the bird feeder. And then my son's going to help take out the garbage from the little garbage cans around the house. And that's like, that's something I'm going to have to do anyway. So I might as well, right. <laughs> as well teach my kids how to help out and they can get a little money for it so they can download the newest Minecraft skins or whatever that right, they want right. to do and have some fun. That way they see that it uh, that it has some value and it ends up creating some really important conversations between me and my kids as well as my wife where my daughter, when she wants something for 20 bucks, she doesn't come to me and say, hey, dad, can I have 20 bucks to buy that thing? She goes, dad, can I do some extra chores so I can buy that thing? And it's like, okay, that's the type of mindset that I want you to have. And she's only eight. So yes, man, <laughs> dude, that's gold. That is absolute gold. I think, I think the hardest thing right now is, is to teach our kids about money, especially because most of us grew up with our parents being hush hush about money for the most yeah. part. Right. It's yeah, almost absolutely. like, it's almost like the further generations are just like, ah, we shouldn't talk about those things. Those are very taboo, taboo topics. So I love that. I love that you guys are in agreement with that too. And obviously, obviously the fruits of that are, are, be, are being shown up uh, before we get into a little bit more about the, the, um, your all's, your all's story of, of paying off debt and kind of, kind of the pains in and sacrifices behind that. I'm curious to know, does, does the strategy when I'll say I'll say coaching people or or counseling people through this change right now with with the current climate of the economy with covid and all those things Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of those typical rules of the road are, are sort of out the window right now. You know, you people used to say a certain amount of money was good enough for an emergency fund and I can't think of you know, a bad reason to have too much in a savings account right now with what everything's going on, whether it's job loss or uh, healthcare costs or things like that. So there are so many things that have been changing and shifting over the last year that are so unique. You know, I never thought that I would have my kids after they've are well past kindergarten age in my house all the time during virtual school when I'm starting a, a small business and trying to figure that out. So People are going through so much, especially young parents. This is a, a crazy time, both mentally as well as financially, emotionally, to keep rocking forward, keeping a positive spirit, and then trying to help your family get to the next level. So there are so many things happening right now. And having some grace and understanding for your neighbors as well as personally for yourself uh, with the moment that we're in, especially for young parents. Uh, yeah. Thinking about that is an important thing to do because this is an unprecedented time as as we've all said so much. And uh, God, I hope we <laughs> hope it ends soon. <laughs> oh, dude, don't we all? Don't we all, man? Well, I think we can all appreciate the the, I don't know, just authentic flexibility of realizing like, look, this is, 
this isn't like a one size fits all. And this is something that we, we do have to kind of look at the times and, and see, see how, how we want to manage our money, how, how things shift and stuff. So I can certainly, I can certainly appreciate that, man. Um, I, so you and your wife paid off your mortgage. We talked about this. Now our show is grow yourself, grow your marriage. And basically, man, I mean, we, we talk about everything under the sun we can think of that is going to hopefully grow other people and, and help them see like, oh man, things, things just aren't, I mean, expectation versus reality. At the end of the day, the most important thing is, is realizing that we can only control ourselves. Uh, and man, going on a quest, like paying off your mortgage and everything, can you, can you kind of expand on, on the, first of all, the struggles uh, that it may or may not have brought to your marriage? Yeah, absolutely. So one of those things, you know, I talked about my my way of verbalizing my goals and my way of verbalizing things about that I'm excited about and the way that she liked to be communicated. So during the process, I wouldn't always remember that. I would forget. I'd be like, hey, right. here, here's where we are. We're down to $100,000. Isn't that great? And she'd be like, you know, right overhead. Like, I, I don't care, man. What does that mean? But I'd forget because right. I'd be so geeked about it. Even up until the day that we paid it off. I was so excited and we had hit this moment and we celebrated together and had a good time. And then again, my, my communication failures continued uh, because at that point we had some extra money. You know, we were not paying a mortgage anymore. What are we going to do with it? My mind, I'm like, well, this is going to further amplify our opportunity for early retirement and financial independence and all these big financial goals. And she's like, are you kidding me? It's a finally an opportunity for us to vacation more, relax a bit, you know, have some more fun and not worry about all this stuff. And that's when we kind of came to head a little bit because I was still working at the job that I wasn't really geeked about. And this was my, this was my opportunity to get out, you know, like I'm going to save up a, a, a good jillion dollars and then I'll right. be able to leave. Right. But for her it was like, Andy, what's the next goal that's going to be after that? What's the next goal after that? When can we relax? When can we have some fun? And that's when we sort of, we went to head a little bit and, and it was difficult. We had some difficult conversations and we ended up uh, seeking out a finance or a, a marriage counselor to help us have those conversations. And in the beginning of that, of that counseling, I was like, man, I, I'm failing as a husband. Uh, you know, people who go to counseling, that means you, that means you failed, Right. And so I, I got myself over that and, you know, picked my pride back up and went to the first session with her and quickly realized that there's no, there's no failing here at all. This is me investing in my marriage. This is me, the equivalent of like, hey, if I want to get into fi uh, physical shape, I'm meeting with a, a coach that's going to help, you know, get me into shape. This person helped us to communicate better a third party helping us figure that out. So this was an investment in our marriage as opposed to my original thought of sort of this failure. And I loved it. We spent, I think we spent probably 18 months with our marriage counselor and she helped us to communicate in ways that I didn't know about before. She helped me really fall into really understanding the importance of empathy and really putting myself in my wife's shoes, even though maybe in my brain, well, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't right. matter. It makes sense to her. And that's what's important. So when I would be, spend time and think about that, even when things would get heated, I try to step back and say, okay, why is she saying it like this? Why is this important to her? It might not be important to you or it might not be logical to you, but it's logical to her and it makes sense to her. So 
she helped uh, our, our marriage counselor helped me with those tactics, with those ways of communicating that when I'm in the right mind, I will use and impl- and use to make our, our marriage a, a better way. And obviously, when things do get off the rails, it's because I'm not taking that time. I'm not taking that time to think how she likes to be communicated to. And right. it's. So it's always a work, a work in progress, my friend. So, I mean, it's, it's fun to share yeah. the big stories about the, the wins. And I think it's even more important to talk about how you can improve and, and, and grow your marriage as you guys talk about all the time. Yeah, man. Gosh, that's, yeah, I think that's, I think that's real at the, uh, uh, there have been so many, so many times where I, I kind of feel like you and I are, are pretty similar when it, when it comes to that stuff, I know, I know when I was in a quest to say, okay, I want to pay off debt and do all those things. I started to, started to really latch on to the concept of like, okay, I want to make money and I want to save and I want, and I want this and I want that. So I'm curious to know, were, were you and Nicole on the same page when it came to what you guys wanted as the end result for getting debt free and really building generational wealth for your family? During that time when we had these with these issues, I think we figured out a way that we could both have that happiness. And I think a lot of it came from my my dissatisfaction with my job. And so when that became more verbal, that became out there a little bit more, we figured out a way for me to also work or have a life that I would enjoy doing on a daily basis. And on the same end, you know, take the foot off the off the gas of these big financial goals of of you know whatever you know financial independence, early retirement, all these all these things that are 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 a little bit too intense. And say, what can we do to enjoy more today? So in tw- in 2018, after we had all this kind of blow up, we vacationed more than we ever had in our entire marriage, which was great. We went to some warm spots. We went to some fun, sunny spots. We went to Disney and we really made some memories together. And we also started to move towards this life of something that I would enjoy for my career, my job, my my business. And yeah, we make today, we probably make uh, less than half of what we used to make. But Mm. man, every single minute that I'm able to work on my small business and 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 her as well. She she got a job that she really likes as well as a as a secretary at a at a nice company. So we're both doing work that maybe maybe doesn't pay as much as we used to make, but sure. we are a lot happier in the work that we do. Man, that's awesome. That and I appreciate you saying that because look, marriage, kids, and money. Most people find their hope and their ultimate purpose in money. Right? They're like, oh. If I can, if I can just, you know, be debt free or make this money or do this, and and look, you teach people to do this, but so correct me if I'm wrong. What you're saying is the ultimate purpose and happiness isn't found in how many how many zeros are in your bank account. Absolutely, man. It's, it is not found in that. It is found in you know having that partnership with your spouse and and deciding together what are those goals that we both can get excited about. What are those and. Nicole and I will never argue about vacations. We both love vacations. We, this is something we both get on board with, you know, or or things like uh, date night or all these things that we put into our budget that bring us together and we can have more fun. You know, we we have we've got line items in our budget for throwing a, a party. You know, once, once COVID is all over with all of right. our buddies, those those right. are things we can get around and have a good time with. So when we when we lay out the numbers in our budget each month and say, hey, what are the things that bring us joy that make us happy 
you know, kids activities, allowing our kids to go do fun things. Those are the things we can rally around together. But no, it is never about like the number. Once I, once we hit a million, man, we're going to be happy. It, there's, there's so much falsehood to that. And we found that too, where it's like, Hey, we hit that milestone and it's sort of like, eh. you know, it's all about figuring out what makes both of you happy and having a good time doing it together. Cause that's the fun part, the adventure together and figuring it out. So we're in year 10. So hopefully, you know, 10 to 20 is, is going to even be more fun for us. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Well, so it sounds to me like you and Nicole have pretty good communication because we talk about it all the time on our show. We're just like, look, we have to have uncomfortable conversations. We have to, we have to be intentional with each other on a daily basis and realize like, Oh man, our kids are going to go off and and leave us, and we're going to be empty nesters sitting here miserable, hating each other because we're not communicating with each other. So, dude, how how do we even how have you guys gotten to the point you've gotten to from a communication perspective? Oh, a lot of trial and error for sure. Um, but I think if we intentionally set aside the time to talk, because we found a lot of faults with having a eight year old and a six-year-old at the house is that once we try to sneak in little conversations while they're around or hanging on our legs, it's like those conversations are are not are never going to happen or they get interrupted and it just makes you upset. It makes me upset when I'm like, I really want to communicate with my wife, but like I'm trying to sneak it into these little moments and that's just not happening. So setting aside physical time for those important conversations, as well as just time for goofing around, you know, like, hey, you guys are going to bed at eight because mom and dad need to have some time alone and watch a show uh, and just goof around together. Because if we don't, then we're probably going to get divorced. So like, if you don't let us have fun, like that's what I mean. People get mad. People get mad at their kids. People get mad at their spouses because really all they want is just that time that they had before when you were right. going on. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, during, during COVID, it's gotten even more amplified for us because we're all in this house together and, you know, it, it gets a little tight because especially the kids don't go to school. So, we go, so with that, we've been carving out time being like, you don't have to go to bed, but you have to be in your room. <laughs> so because we're mm-hmm. going to be separating, having fun, you know, and, and, and rekindling our relationship and, and goofing around. So I think it's just making time for it setting aside time. And if you don't have time in your schedule, make it, you know, move things around because you got married and that's a big commitment and you need to act like it's probably one of the most important things you have in your yes. life. I mean, that's, that's the reason I call it marriage, kids and money. Marriage is first because the kids right. are important, but the marriage has to be solidified and happy or the relationship yes. with your kids is going to be no good, especially with your money. <laughs> yes. Yes. Dude. We, we preach all the time, man. Spouse over kids. We, we Absolutely. tried it the other way, right? We tried it the other way. We put the kids over our spouse and it didn't work. It didn't work. It caused resentment and it caused tons of issues we never saw coming. And then as soon as we put each other over our kids, our kids understood like, look, like mom and dad are a team. They're not, they're not going to come to us and and try and double ask the same question. I mean, they do, let's be real. But for the most part, they know, man, they, they know mom and dad are a team. And so, dude, I think that's super powerful. I, you guys focus on marriage, kids, and money. We've talked money. We've, we've talked marriage. We, we even talked about the kids a little bit. But I know as the transition from being an entrepreneur to now being an employee, it's actually helped me be a better dad because I wasn't running around with my head cut off. Uh, how are you? How are you balancing that? 
It's been rough, man. I'll be honest with you. I don't want to give you a, a glorifying entrepreneurial story right now. We, we I, right. I went for the business in January of 2020, and I had high hopes, and things were going great, um, making making good income. You know, some contracts had come through, and sponsorships were all going. So two months of just humming. I love it. Kids are all at school. I'm doing my business from home. I've you know, life's great. And then March, yeah. man, COVID hit. Kids are at home. They're, they're doing uh, all virtual in the beginning. And it was like, okay, in the beginning, it was kind of like humorous. What is going on? There's nobody on the streets, you know? Ha, ha, ha. And it's like, God, we didn't know a year later we'd be, you know, laughing the same tune. But right. yeah, so March, March was really rough. You know, things things got cut at uh, for Nicole's job. She Her hours went down. Um, some contracts got cut for me. You know, yeah. as the year completed, we're fine. You know, we did really well financially to kind of prepare for it. We had a big runway of money and I still made some decent money and so did she. Sure. It was, it's just been, it's been more emotionally tough than it has been financially tough for us. It's been one of those sure. things where it's, it's been a lot more uh, tests towards our emotions as parents, as well as in our marriage. And so even more important for us to set aside that time and make sure that we're, we're focusing on our relationship and laughing, having some wine together, just goofing around and trying to bring some levity into what 2020 was. And now that we're rolling into a new year, we've got a lot of high hopes for what the year can bring and for our, our relationship. But it, it does take that discipline to make sure that we're setting aside that time to talk about the important things and yes. you know, keep those, keep those, uh, excitement of what we're going to do this year. So we've got some we got some big goals financially, but they're kind of different now. They're like hot tub goal. We're like we want to buy a hot tub. So now hey, we're saving a hot tub. We're going to go to Europe this summer. You know, uh, you know, COVID, COVID willing. These right. things are exciting us now, as opposed to paying off the debt, paying off the mortgage, and that's what that's what gets us excited. And, th- and those are both things that we're like, yeah, I can get down with that. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's. Yes, that is that is rich, man. I mean, first off, I I appreciate you just being honest about that because it's the truth, right? We have all been forced into this place of having to adapt, whether we like it or not. And a lot, a lot has changed for a lot of people. I'm sure a lot of people are listening to this and you're like, yes, man, it's just, gosh, the kids came home and and really screwed up my workflow. And I mean, I I don't know about you guys, but so well. I guess I'll say this to our listeners. I don't know about anybody listening, but me and John were lucky enough to uh, start working from home before all of this happened. But I got to say that transition is super tough. It's super, super tough. And I think, I think you nailed it. Just being super intentional. I know in, in my own life, having been an entrepreneur, work from home, all that stuff, it's just super easy to put the kids off. Like, Dude, you look outside my house. I didn't even get my mulch done this year because I couldn't bring myself to do it. I was like, there's just no way. I, I can't go out there and use that time when I could be growing my business or doing whatever. And yeah, man, it's it's an uphill battle, but I think, I think you nailed it. It's all about intentionality with marriage, with the kids, and obviously with the money, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we only have so much money and we only have so much time. So it's like, how can we use these finite resources and align them with our goals. So if we want to be a better dad, we want to be a better husband, we want to do better with our with our money, what are we doing with our time each day to make that a possibility? Are we spending the time in the right way? And if you're not if you're also not feeding yourself, whether it's, you know, alone time, personal time, 
uh, you know, just taking care of your health, then you're not going to be able to work on any of those things either. So we do kind of have to be a little bit selfish and help ourselves feel good enough to want to sure. work hard on those other goals. So I've sure. learned I've learned a lot about that in 2022. When I starved myself for the stuff that I need, then I'm not good in any of these other areas. So right, dude can't can't pour from an empty cup. We talk about it all the time, right? Yeah. You just you can't pour from an empty cup, no matter how hard you try. It's just going to be drips on everybody else. And so, yeah, I think it's an important balance because, like you said, if if we're obsessing over one thing, it's taking from another because we only have we only have so much left in, in each tank. And so, yeah, man, I'm on I'm on the same page with you, man. I think we're on I think we're on similar wavelengths here, which I think is which I think is important. Um, so, Andy, what is what is the 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 future vision with with your business and and the programs you guys offer and all that stuff. I mean, tell us tell us how how people can learn more about you and and what you do and all that good stuff. Yeah, you know the 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 goal for the business is to be able to set up a a lifestyle where I am able to work during the day and then shut everything off as my kids come home from school when they go back to real school right. and, you know, turn it off on the evenings and the weekends and just do work that really makes me feel filled up during the day. And that's both for Nicole and I, and I think we're, we're almost there. It's just this weird pandemic seasons kind of throw it a wrench into it. But what we, what we do to help people is we do do coaching sessions one-on-one and uh, that helps to connect with people who are in a situation where they want to have some improvements in these three areas. And we help with that. And then obviously we, we have the podcast at marriage, kids and money. You can type that in any, Mary, any podcast player. And we have a session on Monday that I do with guests or I do solo. And then on every Friday uh, lately, Nicole has joined me for a session we call bread and wine, nice. which uh, it's just a candid conversation between the two of us. And we uh, absolutely love it. So if anybody's interested, that's a great place to go. That's that's awesome, dude. I love that. Uh, actually, I have I have a question for you. So I know your show's grown a heck of a lot, and you've had the opportunity to interview a lot of really cool people. So I'm going to ask you an off the cuff question here a little bit, and that would be out of okay. So who would you say are like the top three coolest people you've been able to have on the show, and maybe maybe a lesson from each of them? I know that's kind of a loaded question, but. Hmm. Well, I would say, uh, and this, this, the, the, one of the cooler things that I've set aside for every 50 episodes before Nicole was joining me recently was to have her, Calvin, and Zoe on. And I do that every oh. 50 episodes. And the purpose of that is right. a couple of things is to reinforce to myself that family comes first, and then to reinforce to the listeners that family comes first too. And yes, we talk about fun, relevant things, but it's also fun. It's fun to just look back on what Calvin at two years old said on my podcast about his life, about what he's going to be for Halloween. Those honestly, I mean, that that might, might seem like the dad in me, but I love looking back on those things and just seeing the memories of my kids uh, where they've been. Cause I've been doing this for four years now. So Calvin was two when I did my first interview with him. Uh, so mm-hmm. I guess that would be my, my, my first interviews that, that made me the the happiest. Um, cool. If I had to pick another one who would be my favorite interview. I, I like the conversations that I have around generosity and giving. 
Um, mm-hmm. And they are definitely not the most downloaded episodes. <laughs> uh, which I don't. I, it's it's a journey that I've been on, you know, personally for a while. Like, if you're going to build wealth and not give back, you know, what what kind of wealth do you really want to have? You know, what what is true wealth to you? And for me, I feel like true wealth is being able to find a way to yes, take your family up the ladder and, you know, build this legacy, but then also make it, make a, a dent in, in things that you feel like are important in your life. So what are, what are those charitable contributions that you're excited about? What, what excites you about giving back in your neighborhood? And so the interviews that I've had, uh, whether it's, uh, Allison Cade who talk about how she is always, has always been giving 10% of her income mm-hmm. or, um, uh, Dave Mason who talks about, you know, sort of three different levels of giving, whether that's to randomly to neighbors or to contra- uh, charitable contributions of, of organizations that you're really impacted or, or personally to your church or whatever faith that you're into and how you can have those impacts. And then really getting excited about that and then putting that out into the world so we can create a society that wants to help their neighbors and, and give back more. Those are, Those conversations really inspire me and they are definitely not the how to become a millionaire or how to reach financial independence, things, right. things that people like to download more, but they are definitely a lot of fun for me because it's something that I'm on a personal journey on to improve. And mm-hmm. I learn a lot from those conversations. So that would be my, yeah. be my answer. I think that's cool, man. I think that's super cool because I agree with you whenever we are, whenever we're seeking for purpose and happiness and all those things, it's really funny just, how contribution really scratches that itch. You know what I mean? Growth and contribution are just massive pieces of the puzzle. And I know even in me and Jonna's life, just being generous when we didn't really have much to be generous with, uh, whether it whether it be the church or friends or whatever, uh, gosh, it's it's amazing. It is amazing the innate feeling that we get. And and me and Jonna are Christians and and we live by the biblical moral standard and and we feel like we feel like God's blessed us time and time again when we've been generous and it's just it's just a testament to that and and what i really love about again the whole concept of of what you and your wife do is it would be so easy to get on your podcast and always always talk about how people could reach these certain financial goals and stuff but just the fact that you're balanced right i mean we've talked about even during this interview we've just talked about how how balanced we need to make sure we stay because, dude, there are plenty of people who have tons of money and they're miserable. <laughs> they're miserable. Yeah. Uh, and so I, some really key things that I've, I've picked up from you on, on this interview alone, Andy, is just making sure that if we're going to make a decision, an aggressive decision to pay off debt or move towards a big goal, that we have to we have to push into the desires of our spouse. We have to have those uncomfortable conversations. We have to be super intentional. We, we have to be on the same page. Uh, and so, gosh, man, I'd say those are those are my my biggest wrap ups and takeaways from from this conversation, man. So uh, so we talked about your podcast. Um Correct me if I'm. What you mentioned, you mentioned you guys have programs and courses and stuff like that. So, so what you say is the hottest topic right now. Uh, that that a resource you could you could point people to that is going to be the most relevant. 
Yeah, you know, I, I have a, a free gift on my site for people who are new and that are interested in sort of this mortgage thing, whether it's right for them or wrong. Um, and I've got it at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash free gift. So if you go there, it gives you the 10 steps that we took to pay off our mortgage and sort of this step easy, you know, sort of baby step kind of platform to help you get there. So if you wanted to do that, marriagekidsandmoney.com slash free gift. And that's a, that's a way to connect and learn a little bit more about how to get this done if if it's something right for you. And again, as we talked about, some people might think it's bonkers. Some people might be like, hey, that's actually, that's something I think I could live with. So you decide mm-hmm. if it's right for you after after checking it out. So marriagekidsandmoney.com slash free gift. Cool, man. That's perfect. That's perfect. Uh, my last question to you that I always end an episode with is, is there anything we didn't talk about today that you would want to make sure that you got a chance to talk about here on on the podcast? Oh, man. Well, uh, yeah, I think I would just, anybody who's feeling, you know, that the feelings we're feeling right now during this pandemic, I think it's important to let yourself know that this is a crazy time that this does not happen all of the time. So if thing if feel if, if things feel like the walls are closing in and you're you're feeling really sad or you can't stand where you're where you're at in life, know that this this too shall pass. You know, this is this is a season that is crazy and it's going to be different soon. So hang in there, give yourself some grace, help your spouse if they're feeling <laughs> if they're feeling out of sorts and they're like ah my, my spouse is not normally like this yeah because it's a crazy time right now so yes. help each other out give each other breaks and we're all gonna get through this well said man <laughs> andy thanks so much for being on the show man thank you chris i appreciate it Thanks so much for listening to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. I know this is usually Jonna's part and it feels so wrong. But if you enjoyed this show, guys, don't forget to hit subscribe and be sure to share it with someone that you think it would bring tremendous value to. Lastly, drop us a review. It would really help our show grow. We'd really appreciate that and uh, help spread the message uh, messages of our episodes on the podcast. Thanks so much.